welcome everybody to another episode of Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. I'm your host, Sig Daddy, and it is the AEW Full Gear Review. AEW Full Gear took place last night. It emanated from Royal Farms Arena in Baltimore, and boy, it was a pretty good show. It started out with Britt Baker versus B. Priestley, and uh, it was this was a kind of physical match, kind of a sloppy a little bit at times, but we got it with the physicality and the feud, which then with the concussion uh, angle where uh, actually Britt B. Priestley legit concussed uh, Britt Baker in that their match back at uh, Fighter Fest, if I'm correct, but. It was sloppy at times, but it was a decent match nonetheless. Uh, Britt Baker got the win there with Lockjaw. And I wish they would have attacked the head a little more on this match. I felt as if they could have done that, targeted it, it, at least being in a safe way, I'll say. But uh, it was more of a uh, back-targeting thing with Priestley there, but it was nice to see Britt Baker get a win, and I think this was Baker, one of Baker's best showings yet. I'm going to give it a C+, plus. but uh, but it, it put on a decent pre-show match, and honestly, when I go over this later on, it will, when I go over one of the matches on the card later on, I really think this match should have been on the card instead of the match I'm talking about later. But uh, I, I still... Thought that was good, decent for a pre-show match, C+, and I thought it should have been on the main show. But uh, Brandy and Kong then show up post-match with uh, Priestley in the ring. Kong hitting a spinning back fist and uh, then takes off the glove, hands the knife to Brandy, hits her end plant buster, and then uh, Kong, as you saw her out there, she kind of had, you saw her kind of waistline. She had like pieces of hair and then we realized oh she carries trophies around from each of her opponents cutting off a piece of her their hair i think this is the best way to utilize brandy especially in the women's division i know she's not as good in ring as some other people but she could be a very good manager for awesome kong then it was the main show starting out we started out with a hot one Santana and Ortiz, proud and powerful versus the Young Bucks, kind of leading with that storyline between uh, the elite against the inner circle. And uh, tonight, it was not the elite's night. It was definitely the inner circle's night. Uh, Rock and Roll Express, Rock and Roll Express, Ricky Morton and Gibson uh, were ringside, and they eventually get involved after the match but there was some awesome selling in this some awesome kind of storytelling tidbits where Nick Jackson was attacked was attacking was kind of on on fire or whatever and he kicked the the post and that caused him to have a uh, leg problems the rest of the match and it actually caused them not to be able to hit the Meltzer driver late in the match as Nick went up for the springboard and kind of fell over and that kind of really Costed them the match. He couldn't kind of overcome his injury, and then they hit the the Ortiz and Santana hit a their uh, street sweeper, which is like a power bomb neck breaker combo. But uh, yeah, Nick. Well, actually, Ortiz and Santana selling actually at the end of this match was absolutely fantastic. There was one time where 
or uh, Nick Jackson was running off and he Ortiz blocked something and then Jackson hit a super kick on him and he like fell backwards and then Ortiz just fell straight on his face. I like that selling there, but uh, it, I give this match a B plus. I really enjoyed the psychology of it, and it, it was a nice build to the finish where Nick couldn't overcome his injury, like I said, but a good, really good tag team match to start the show, and it was the right move to have Ortiz and Santana get the win, but I wasn't sure about this post-match stuff with the Rock and Roll Express coming up, but it was a lot of fun where Ricky Morton, they come, Ricky Morton and uh, Robert Gibson come in to make the save, and uh, Morton hits a freaking Canadian destroyer on Santana, and then a dive out on Sammy Guevara and Ortiz. It was entertaining stuff to say the least at that. I don't know if those guys should have been, uh, Santana and Ortiz in the inner circle should have been getting beat up like that. I was kind of wanting them to kind of establish their dominance and such, but they did it in other ways on the night, so it was kind of harmless fun there. Up next was Hangman Adam Page versus Pack. These guys have one are tied uh, series-wise one-to-one. This match was a lot different from uh, the first match. It was you, Normally, you see the high-flying stuff and the solid offense, the high-flying offense and fast-paced action of uh, Santana and Ortiz and the Young Bucks, those tag teams. But in this uh, Hangman Page pack match, it was very, very hard-hitting, physical both ways. Uh, pack toyed with him for a while, before uh, missing a Phoenix Splash, and Paige got his comeback going. Hangman hit a beautiful moonsault to the outside, landing straight on his feet. And then there was a time where Pac's sitting outside, and he's sitting in a chair, and uh, Pack gets hit. Pack lures Hangman in, and he get, hits a brain buster on the page on the outside. It looked really, really rough, but... Uh, I really like this match, though. It was very, very fun. The finish, Pack missing with a black arrow as he uh, tried. Then he went for a low blow, which distracted with uh, with the ref distracted, and uh, Page caught it. Hit a big forearm clothesline, and then hit the dead dead eye to get the three count. I like this match a lot. I like that it was a lot different from the initial match between the Bucks and Proud and Powerful. I'm gonna give it a B plus. And it was just, yeah, style-wise, I liked it a lot. And then it was a nice callback to the previous matches where Pac's been getting an advantage with the ref distracted, hitting a blow blow on people. But it was also nice to see Paige get his win back after he took the pin on uh, Dynamite last week in that tag match with uh, Guevara and uh, Paige and Guevara and Jericho. But yeah, it was a really good match. I really enjoyed it. Very physical match between Page and Pack and Pack only that's his only his first loss and he's going to be back. He'll come back. He'll get some big victories here soon. It's just I think they're trying to groom some faces to get some challengers to Jericho because there are not a whole lot of viable face challengers right now to Chris Jericho and his uh, world championship. Darby Allen is kind of on the outside looking in at this point right now, but uh, there's another guy that I'll mention later on in this that I think will be the next in line for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. And the one match next, this was the kind of throwaway match of the night, in my opinion. 
It was Sean Spears with Tolly Blanchard versus Joey Janela. This buildup kind of stemmed from uh, Dark last week where Spears tried to cut uh, Janela's tongue out with a pair of pliers. And then Spears on Dynamite this last week tried to injure Cutler after the match. But uh, there was it was a physical match. It was just not my thing. And it just, the buildup, there wasn't enough buildup to this. And it doesn't seem like Spears is going to be that star everyone thinks he's going to be here in AEW. And Janela keeps taking loss after loss, which I don't get. It's, I thought he was kind of supposed to be one of the young stars in this. But it was nice to see Spears get a win, though. Spears needed a win. He hasn't had really a bigger win in. And it was also on pay-per-view, so that was good for him. But really, this match didn't do a whole lot for me. And that was kind of a... A bathroom break match in my opinion, but I'm going to give it a C. Felt like it was better suited for the pre-show as I mentioned earlier. I thought Baker and Priestley had at least more of a build-up to their match and had some kind of almost real-life drama involved, but uh, it was there was more of a story with the Priestley-Baker match, and I thought that should have been on the main show while this would have been more better suited for the pre-show Following that was the triple threat tag for the AEW Tag Team Championships. Some sloppy offense in this one. It's kind of a sloppy offense early on in this match. Uh, stuff When stuff started to break down and everyone kind of was in the match, it started to get a lot better. And man, I got to say this, Ray Phoenix... He is impressive. I'd love him to see. I'd be a guy. I'd love to see him get like a chance at singles action and actually a world championship match sometime here in the future. But I know he's with the uh, Pentagon in this tag team, and it's they're still going to be building off that story. Their post match really adds to this that it's going to be it's going to be Lucha Brothers and SCU later on. But keeping with this match, but. SCU got the job done, but yeah, once stuff broke down in this match, it was very, very fun. Um, SCU got the win and retained their tag team championships against Private Party and the Lucha Brothers, but the Lucha Brothers would attack SCU after they pinned uh, pinned the pin Private Party. They'd beat them down, lights would go out, and then we see another Pentagon Jr., and it would be Christopher... Daniels, Daniels coming out, trying to get some revenge after he got beat down and injured going into that tag team tournament. So this will lead more, it leads to more stuff between the Lucha Brothers and the SCU. I'm going to give that match a B grade, but as I mentioned, it was sloppy at first, but uh, once it broke down and all the teams got involved, it was a lot of fun. But for some reason, I, I noticed the finish. It uh, fell flat with me. I don't know, but they hit. They got it done with their finishing SCU later. Uh, so SoCal Uncensored did, but it just seemed kind of flat. The finish fell flat, but I thought it was a good match nonetheless. I was going to give it a B. And it's nice to see Daniels back, and it's interesting to see what he's going to be doing once uh, he gets more involved in the matches here soon with uh, the Lucha Brothers as they continue their uh, feud. Up next was the AEW Women's World Championship match between Rio and Emi Sakura. This is built up as teacher versus student. There was not a whole lot of build on it on TV. At least AEW did a nice job giving us a video package to explain this match. But 
I thought it was a pretty good match on this, but uh, uh, Rio got the win. She retained her AEW Women's World Championship. These these two showed really good chemistry in this match. Uh, there was a ref screw up that kind of took some stuff away for me, took a little bit away for me. Uh, as they were counting, as uh, Sakura was getting that pin, Sakura got a uh, victory roll. The ref did count to three, but he did acknowledge it. They did do a good job of kind of disguising that and Rio getting her roll up and getting a win, kind of an emotional embrace after the match. I was to give that a B minus. But uh, ref screw up aside, it was a good match. But it just the official screw up kind of took away a bit for me. And I just want to address this. I wish they do more with the women. I know Kenny Omega's in charge of the women for AEW, but we haven't really gotten a whole lot of story with uh, the women. We get that Rio's kind of the resilient champion and stuff, but we haven't built up really any viable challengers recently i know awesome kong coming in there's doing more with her than they have done with a lot of the uh, women in this uh women in aew so far i just wish they would do a little more to give us i don't know some more meat on the bone with the women kind of give us some background and some kind of storylines for like Rio because she hasn't really had a whole lot of she hasn't had any storylines really since she's won the title and I'd be it'd be nice to see her actually have a story with somebody instead of just kind of putting matches together week after week. And that leads me to the AEW World Heavyweight Championship match. It was not the it was technically the main event, but it wasn't really the main event. But uh, I I had to give this I had to give this two watches. Uh, bear with me for a second. I at first I watched this and I didn't enjoy it that much. I did enjoy it, but it was like, okay, it felt a little draggy to me. It took a little bit. I, I looked I, I looked at the internet. I, I saw there was some high praise for it. And I was like, maybe I give this a second chance and give it a rewatch and see what people were thinking when they looked at this match. And after the second watch, I after the second watch, it was really, really pretty good. Pretty dang good. Good. And Cody, he's very good with the storytelling. He sold the ribs in this match and sold his, like, uh, his, uh, where he got cut at the beginning of the match going for that dive. But I, yeah, I thought after a second watch, I realized this match was very, very, very good. Uh, I liked the little kind of touches there where Dean Malenko's ringside, Dean Malenko, Arn Anderson, Great Muda are ringside, and Jericho gets involved with Great Muda at the beginning of the match. Uh, not Great Muda. Dean Malenko at the beginning of the match. I, I like that little psychological thing because Jericho and Malenko back in the day, they had a huge rivalry back in w- excuse me, WCW. But uh, I, I li- And I like the weight belt kind of thing Jericho threw at a... Uh, Cody kind of it was kind of a wink and kind of insulting him like he did with that promo just this last week which was absolutely gold which was a parody of what Cody's video package was but uh I liked the involvement here I liked the Cody using his influences in his dad Dusty and well Dustin I mean and then also uh DDP he used all those people's moves in this match trying to get him his get him his 
first world championship in AEW, as you already know, he's won world championships in both Ring of Honor and technically NWA. He has he won he's won the 10 pounds of gold before, but I liked it when they got that dive. That dive was really a turning point in this match, and uh, Jericho would dominate. And he and you didn't realize at the beginning, but Jericho, I realized this after the second watch. I was like, oh, they're focusing on the rib work, and I really like that as Jericho every time after after Cody would try to come back, and every almost every single time Cody would get stopped by a move targeting the ribs. And I, I really enjoyed that psychological aspect of the match. And he's kind of going after that midsection as Jer- Cody landed on that along with his face, which that looked very, very scary because he almost landed straight on his head. But in the but uh, I like the Jake Hager involvement in this match too. Jake Hager's kind of that wild card in the match. He kept getting involved without the ref looking. And eventually it paid off to Hager getting kicked out of the match by Aubrey Edwards as Cody was doing a roll-up attempt and got punched in the face after he after Jericho kicked out and then Edwards kicks him out of the match and MGF gets beat up for a second but this crowd was loving this late I really think they 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 enjoyed this I and that second watch was really a great help for me in understanding why people love this match and I and it made me love this match too but I watched it and I really enjoyed it but and uh yeah the comebacks being stopped by Jericho I really Enjoyed that by going back to the midsection. His mom being involved in it, because I know Jericho made fun of Dusty in the lead-up to this, and it was nice to see Cody's mom get involved and say actually drop an F-bomb on him, Adam, slapping him twice. Thought that was nice. and uh, But I like the closing stretch of this, actually. Jericho was beating him down with the belt after he hit a code breaker as uh, Cody was trying to go for that beautiful disaster kick. Uh, and then Jericho, he keeps getting involved with the ref. Him and Aubrey Edwards have kind of been having issues because he had issues with her during the Hangman uh, Page match. Also, uh, Jericho was pushing the ref and almost got beat at one time uh, with an inside cradle. There was also a part where Cody goes up top. Cody goes up top. He goes for that Hurricane Rana on the top rope, and Jericho catches him in the walls of Jericho. Always love that move. And uh, Cody gets to the ropes, and that's when Jericho pushes the ref, and he gets the roll-up. Cody gets the roll-up and almost pins Jericho. And MJF, as you know, he's at ringside this whole entire match. We know that the turn is coming. We just don't know when it's going to be. And then uh, the finish with uh, Jericho getting the Lion Tamer back in. And he gets it deep. He has his, he's stomping on Cody's head. MJF's like beside himself. He's like, I don't know if I can do this. I can't. I can't watch my friend get beat up here. And you know, it's all a ruse by the end of it. But uh, Jericho wins by uh, the throwing a throwing in of the towel by MJF. So a kind of a submission without Cody submitting. Cody's upset after the match, and then it led to MJF finally kicking him in the nuts. And Cody is shocked, and the crowd just absolutely loses it and just absolutely just destroys MJF, just booing the crap out of him and stuff. And he actually, MJF, as he's going up the ramp, he gets water thrown at him by a fan. I don't know if that was a planted fan or not, but it was. It's a it's a visual that will always uh, be remembered. 
as it was, this was the time that MJF turned on Cody and gave him a, and costing him his only world championship opportunity in AEW because he will, as he mentioned in his uh, impassioned promo, which was absolutely awesome on Dynamite, he will never challenge for the AEW World Championship again. And he didn't do it by, he didn't die on his own sword. He actually, his friend, his supposed friend, threw in the towel and he, he was not in for uh, the friendship for him and Cody. He was just in for himself. And he didn't want his want Cody to win the world championship. And I don't know, does this mean uh, MJF's going to join Inner Circle, or is it more of MJF going to be a lone, kind of a lone wolf as he kind of is already, and he kind of can't get along with a whole lot of people as he's got a he, got as he's got heat heat in quotes, and uh, no one likes him pretty much. That's pre- it's like. It was like back in the day with Ken Anderson and Impact Wrestling, which I, that's not a great comparison, but no one liked him back. No one liked him supposedly backstage. It was and as is at a work, as a work. But uh, yeah, MJF got a lot of heat here. That towel throw in just got him. He got him the initial heat, and then when the the nut the nut shot came in, it was the huge he as Cody was the big fan favorite coming into this match and his supposed best friend turns on him but overall this match and segment I'm gonna give it an A grade initially I gave it a C plus as I was not into the towel throw in but I understood it as I watched it the second time so I thought the match was great crowd as I mentioned was very very hot late really good storytelling and had a good slow build with great psychology as Jericho would continuously go back to that midsection and back to the head. But the MJF, yeah, it was a nice build up to that MJF towel throw in and showing concern for his friend, but it wasn't really concern as he was in for himself. And, uh, and I, and I, and I like that it led to that post-match angle. And as we expected, we got that MJF turn, but, uh, I like that. It's a great way to get heat on MJF, and it was a really, really good match. Not quite up to the standard of the Dustin and uh, Cody match back at Double or Nothing, but it was a very, very good match. Another great bit of storytelling done by Cody. As Cody's becoming a really good uh, storyteller, and his matches are very, very good example of good storytelling. And then it was the... Next match, the Lights Out match, unsanctioned Moxley versus Kenny Omega. And boy, did we have a lot of weapons. And boy, this was very, very, very long. And uh, it was a, it was fun match. It just, I, there are some certain things I didn't like about this match. First, they took forever to get to the weapons spots where, no, they'd be they they I swear they'd spend half the time looking for the weapons. But this was a fun match once they got to the weapon stuff, and I know it's kind of building off the feud. Some dangerous spots here and there in the match, uh, into the barbed wire. I thought that was kind of dumb that the guys were trying to grab the Moxley and Omega out with their hands and such, and try to pull out with the barbed wire without any gloves or anything on, which was kind of uh, kind of dumb to me and stuff, and it was, I like to have a little bit of storytelling where Omega's trying to get his buddies out to get him that barbed wire kind of netting, and he, he's, well, they've, as they talk, I think they mentioned, like, being in the, being the elite, that Cody, 
that uh, Omega has kind of lost his mind and uh, lost his way in, th- in this. He ended up losing this match by kind of an elevated, uh, dirty deeds, which is the uh, paradigm shift now on uh, the hardwood. Yeah, this is a weapons-filled match, kind of a John Moxley old-school match from when he was back on the indie- Indies. It was a fun, fun match. It was just, it was way too long, and I would, I want, I want Omega to go back to his normal matches and stuff. And but I thought it was a good match to close the show. Honestly, I thought it would make more sense to have that Cody MJF, not Cody MJF, but the Cody, well, Cody MJF and Jericho thing, kind of closing the show because that would have been a more of a better lasting memory of this show, except. Uh, as the end, as the final piece of the show, instead of this Moxley Omega match, I I get the unsanctioned nature of it. They want to keep that at the end of the match as it's lights out technically, but I really think you can do this match on the main show and instead of doing it at the end, where I thought Cody and Jericho should have been at the end because it was a, it was a really good match and also had a great angle at the end with MJF finally getting that turn. With that being said, there was a lot of weapons in this match. And glass, barbed wire, everything. They brought out pretty much anything and everything. The mousetrap thing was... It didn't click with me. But uh, I'd say I'm going to give this match, the match between Moxley, unsanctioned match between Moxley and Omega AB. Uh, They mentioned there was a bunch of weapon shots. I, I respect that these two guys put themselves through the ringer with all the weaponry. Uh, it was a good fight, but uh, how does Omega come back from this? Because he is—he's taken a lot of losses here recently. And the Elite, really, they elite did, the Elite did not get one single win during this show. Except actually, they did get one win. Paige was the lone winner in this show, and the Bucks, Cody, and then Omega all lost their matches. And this, what this makes me see, makes me feel like is the only logical person to face uh, with Moxley winning tonight, which didn't really count towards his record, but uh, I think Moxley is the only viable contender for the AEW World Championship. Honestly, in my opinion, he's the only guy that makes sense right now because he's kind of, he's not really a heel. He's not really, he's he's a face. He's kind of a anti anti-hero will say as he kind of just kind of goes to the beat of his own drum but I think Moxley's the next guy in line for an AEW world championship shot because the only guys that are actually in line right now are really heels which would be Pac who Pac who just ate a loss here recently and Paige it's a little too early for him to get his world title shot back and Allen He's got to get some wins here, some bigger wins here moving forward before he gets his next shot at the title. But uh, that's it for the review of this show. And the overall grade, I give it, give AEW full gear. I'll give it a B plus. I enjoyed the show for the most part. I didn't think it was as good as All Out, but it was pretty dang close once you think about the Cody match. But uh, I, I, one thing I could have done without is that Spears match. As I mentioned earlier, I really think that could have been left on the pre-show as and bring Priestley and uh, Baker 
on as the main match on the main show. Well, on, on the main show, I mean. And one thing, also one thing I, I, I'd like to say about this was the pay-per-view was just a bit too long for me. I know it was about three hours and 40, 45 minutes. You can, you can, you can cut down a little bit of the time with that. And honestly, you could have cut out the Spears and Spears and Janela match, and then also cut about ten minutes, five or ten minutes off that Moxley and Kenny Omega match at the end of the show. I thought that match, the Omega and Page match, was a little bit too long, but. If I'd go back and watch any of these matches, I there's four ma- there's really four matches that I'd really want you to go uh, see, and that's uh, the Mox and Omega match for the most part. Actually, it was pretty good. Uh, Page and Pack, Bucks versus Proud and Powerful, and then also you got this. The one you have to see is Cody versus Jericho. Expert storytelling, very fun to watch. Slow build, but it got when it built up to the end, it was very, very nice, and we got the great post-match angle with MJF finally getting his full turn. He was already healed, but he turned on his friend there. But I thought this show as a whole was pretty good. The Spears match we just could have done without, but anyway, it was a really good show. Another good showing there by AEW in their pay-per-views, and it... it I'm excited for the future. I don't know what's coming up. I'm actually going to an AEW, actually going probably two AEW shows. We'll see. Maybe one in Chicago, one in Indy coming here soon. But uh, I'm looking forward to the future. And I really, it's really going to be interesting to see Cody and MJF, how that story goes along. And then the story with Daniels and Scorpio Sky and Kazarian against uh, the Lucha Brothers. But that's it for my the review of this show, but let's I'll just give you a quick recap. Uh, C plus for the Baker Priestley match, B plus for the Santana Ortiz versus Young Bucks match, B plus for Pack and Hangman Page, C for the Spears and Janela match, Triple Threat tag for the AEW World Tag Championships, A B. The tag, uh, the the championship match for, with Rio and Emi Sakura, I give it a B minus, and then also the Jericho Cody match, I give that an A, and then the unsanctioned match between Moxley and Omega, I'm going to give that a B, and that brings me to the overall grade of a B plus. And uh, I'd like to thank you all for listening once again to this show, Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show, and if you haven't already. Make sure to follow me on the socials, Facebook and Twitter, at SigDaddyWrestle. And also on, and make sure to subscribe to my podcast if you haven't already, on Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube, Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. Make sure to tune in next week as I do my weekend review, the week in review, where I go over AEW Dynamite, NWA, Power, and Monday Night Raw. Give you my opinions on those and give you my rankings rankings for those shows, one, two, and three, to kind of give you an idea of what I preferred that week and what I thought was the best show of the three for the week. But uh, until next time, this is Sick Daddy signing off. Thank you all for listening once again. And so long, everybody.